This is the Ad Hero Podcast, the podcast that reveals marketing tips, trends, and techniques by industry experts, insiders, and influencers. For years, Ad Symbol has helped businesses develop and launch campaigns to amplify their message, establish authority, and earn their lion's share of the market. This podcast will help you design and supercharge your plan to make an impact with valuable lessons you can apply in your business today. To get more information or start now, visit adsymbol.com. That's A-D-S-E-M-B-L-E.com. Let's get started. Welcome to the Ad Hero Podcast. Coming to you every Friday on AdSymbol.com. My name is Gino Giovanni. And I'm Matthew Olivieri. And we are your personal ad heroes. In the house. <laughs> good we, to be back. Good to be back. We got a great show for you today, as always. Got some big news in the world of advertising to talk about. And uh, we're going to also be diving into why text messaging is a valuable tool to use for your marketing in your business. Yeah, this whole episode today is going to really be focused on the power of text messaging, um, how different people, businesses are using it, uh, basically why you should be using it if you're not. And we're going to throw in some tips and tricks in there uh, from our own personal experiences here at AdSymbol. So it's going to be a good show. Really good show. Yeah, I want to tune in and uh, also catch us on YouTube as well. <laughs> yep. Um, but we start off every show with our A block here with some banter and pop culture references and movies and things like that. Just updates on things going on in the world. We like to keep our listening audience afloat. That's right. That's what right. We, what do we got in the What do we got in the A block here? Well, look, hospitality is really blowing up right now, and one of the things in hospitality that's really blowing up here are going to be the movie theaters, and uh, there's places like AMC and Regal that'll be opening up their movie theaters, and uh, it looks like AMC will be going at a 25 percent capacity in each theater, which is roughly around like 100 people. And they're going to be requiring people wearing masks going into the, their theaters. However, Regal Cinemas will not be requiring masks worn at their movie theaters. What? <laughs> I'm just curious why Regal doesn't feel that masks are necessary, but AMC does. you have any insight on that? I unfortunately did not. Like, like they didn't have too, or they being Regal, I didn't hear too much from them other than we're just not going to, like, make it mandatory if people want to wear masks they can i guess it's maybe like the freedom of it but i've also heard that one of the safest places you can be is a movie theater but more than a uh, restaurant that's okay but restaurant <laughs> dining right now is is largely uh still outdoors only last time i checked mm. so how help me understand that how does being stuck inside a enclosed room with people, even if they are wearing masks, better than being outdoors. The only the only th thing I heard was because of the tables, and because the tables can have a lot of infection on it, so people aren't putting things on tables and putting food on tables. But then the thing is, like, hey, like we've all been to those movie theaters where there've been sticky uh, floors from popcorn, sodas, and God knows what else. <laughs> all right, I buy that. I buy that. I bite. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to the movie theaters opening. We talked about this recently. That I'm going. Theaters, uh, the, the, the theater game is kind of changing. Now they have these nice recliners. They, they have food service, like right to your chair, seated. Uh, the seats heat up. 
Uh, I mean, it's it's like a whole like luxurious experience now. So it's a little bit pricey to go to the movies, but you know, movies are a good time out. They're a great date. They're a great way to relax. Um, I always look forward to going to the movies. How about you? Oh, I love it. Uh, just like we talked about on a previous episode, you know, you you could relax so much in those chairs, you eventually just kind of fall asleep. That's right. That's their secret ploy. Uh, what else do we have on tap, my man? Okay, so check this out. Well, we're always talking about streaming on the show, right? So HBO Max, you know. Everyone anticipated it. People blowing this up. Like, it's huge what they're doing. But come July 1st, HBO will be pulling majority, if not all, of their, I think it's majority, though, of their DC Universe titles. So we're talking Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, even the Lego movie. Does not compute. Why would HBO Max do that? That seems like not a smart move when you're launching a product and you're trying to get people to sign up and subscribe so they can tune in and watch content that you would immediately yank content from them. That's like saying, uh, and this is what I read in the article, where uh, Netflix has uh, the orange is the new black. You advertise it and then you pull it from your content. Ooh, <laughs> I I don't see that boding well. I, I know I previously was very highly interested in subscribing to HBO Max, but on that news, I mean, you're talking about some of the classics there, the Batman films. I mean, you name it, right? If that's right. not going to be available for me to, to watch, I guess maybe I can go back and watch like Game of Thrones and other things, but I don't know, man. That just doesn't sound like a smart move. It just seems to me that Warner Brothers just keeps ruining DC as much as they can, even though they're really trying to help it and like you know have it compete against Marvel. Um, but the that's a losing battle. Yeah, but the issue was basically licensing, which to me it still doesn't make any sense because okay, here you have AT and T buying Time Warner all because of their back catalog to compete in the streaming wars to now having, uh, and, and by the way, like Time Warner owns HBO, uh, and to now coming fast forward to today where you're about to take out all the DC uh, films on your catalog. Yeah, weak, weak sauce. <laughs> all right, what, do we, what else do we got here? Okay, and uh, for the MCU, so we just transition. Oh, I thought you were going to do a sound effect. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to, uh, to give the punchline first before I do the sound effect. We are going, uh, rumor has it that Beyonce Knowles could be the next storm from X-Men featured in the Black Panther 2 movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a delayed, that was like a delayed sound effect. Should just went, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I gotta say, man, I I don't know how I feel about that one completely because I'm just like an old school Halle Berry fan. Like I just oh, think yeah. she Love killed her. it Love her. as Storm, and um, uh, that's gonna be some tough shoes to fill. But I suppose if there was a leading actress out there who could do it, it would be Beyonce. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it was rumored this was happening because apparently uh, Beyonce is part of the soundtrack. And uh, now the rumor has gone further, saying that like she actually might star in the film. And wow, you know, I mean, hey, the last correct me if I'm wrong. Like, was the last film she did was the Austin Powers movie, or was there something in that I missed? I feel like that. I feel like there was something in between. Um, like maybe something that she won like an Academy Award for, or something like that. Not entirely sure on her 
filmography uh, uh, list of movies, but I'd have to IMDb that. We're more marketers instead of film experts. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Okay. Well, that's uh, those were some good updates there, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for curating those for the show. Yes, you're welcome. Yes, you're welcome. We're about to go into the B block right now, and a huge story broke today. Or actually, uh, last week, where we really had to uh, announce this, but we didn't have enough time. I think we got. I think when we say huge stories break, we can't say today because most likely the listening audience is going to be hearing this episode maybe a week from now. That's and right. Maybe, maybe months down the road if they go back into the archives. So I think we should clarify what what month did this or day did this story break? Okay, so June was it. 13th <laughs> of 2020 yeah, 2020 exactly. okay all right so thank you advertisers on facebook form an anonymous group to stop future business into the social media giant this is coming from ad week here the shadowy group detox facebook emerged just last week but is already getting traction online the anonymous ran group a coalition of current and former advertising and tech workers hopes to pressure advertisers to relocate ad budget away from Facebook and Instagram until the company, quote unquote, ends hate speech and lying in political advertising. In regards to the posts from or several posts from President Trump and what the advocacy group feels is false advertising with political ads. And this story comes from? This comes from Ad Week and okay. uh, also some uh, stuff from Business Insider as well. Okay, so let's, let's pull this back a little bit. Let's digest this for some people listening in that might not be familiar with what's going on. So apparently ever since the 2016 election, um, you know, it was widely reported on that both candidates, although mostly, I think, um, coordinated by President Trump's uh, candidacy or his party that was trying to get him elected, you know, did a very aggressive amount of social media advertising and that social media advertising, um, you know, included paid advertisements, which may or may not have come from different groups um, that kind of look to slander the other candidate in, in lieu of making, you know, now the current president look like the more favorable candidate that you should vote for. And as a result of that, um, basically because he was for, you know, however you want to slice and dice it, he was savvy enough to get on that and take advantage of that opportunity is basically as plainly as you can put it. But what that led to was an outcry for some more policing when it comes to political advertising on social media platforms. And now fast forward to this upcoming election in November, uh, Certain social media factions, such as Twitter, one of them, um, has started to flag certain tweets that the president makes or other groups make as uh, basically letting users know who encounter them, you know, hey, this might be a questionable thing, that this might not be a fact uh, factual thing that's being stated. Here's a link that you can click on to go research this some more on your own or something to that effect is my understanding of Correct. the whole situation. Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook, founder of Facebook, has famously or infamously, depending on how you look at it, come out and said, we are not going to flag messages by the president or anybody else for that matter because we should not be the people that are policing what 
these individuals are saying because who are we to judge what they're saying as factual not factual like we might not have all the data either so we're just not gonna say anything at all okay that's that's what's been taking place and so a lot of people feel um especially anti-trump people feel that that is just gonna perpetrate what took place in 2016 it's gonna be a repeat of that and so there's a very large amount of people who are upset by that but you know then you also have people who on the other side of the argument are like in favor of what mark zuckerberg is kind of taking a stance for and saying like hey we're not trying to be the police of the world we're trying to just create an environment where people can have open dialogue and open conversations so it really kind of depends like what side of the coin you're on is how you're going to feel about all this um I don't know, Gino, are you on the side of uh, Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, and their decision to do uh, flagging the messages? Or are you on the side of Mark Zuckerberg and not flagging messages? I think I'm on the side of Zuckerberg, which is actually very interesting because most things I'm kind of like questionable about what he says. However, I remember him in the um, Senate Council meetings or whatever back in Washington uh, months ago where he said that Facebook is a place for everybody to come with all their ideas and kind of like talk about it. So, you know, it, with all this dialogue being uh, canceled and cancel culture and so forth these days, it's just gotten too dangerous in my opinion. So I say, you know what, let's go and let's talk. And that's the way it should be. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm going to agree with you on that. I think, um, you know, I think certain messages can be subjectively interpreted when a different when a person like let me see how i can say this the right way the same exact message tweeted out by two completely different types of people could be interpreted or understood in 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 a multitude of ways of course and so if, if you arbitrarily decide to start flagging one person's message then by default, you are obligated to flag every single message that's put out there, every single thought that's put out there, because how is it? How do you arbitrarily decide that just because person X has a certain number of followers that his or her messages should be flagged, but somebody else who only has 100 followers, well, they're too small to matter, so we won't bother flagging their messages if they say the exact same type of rhetoric. Reminds me of that show, Black Mirror. <laughs> not, not familiar with that show, just in case any of our audience is also in that camp. Why don't you explain? Oh, well, because there was an episode about ratings, and people would go around and rate each other, and the lower rating you have, the more of an outcast you are to society. Fascinating. Yeah, so um, I'm going to side with Mr. Zuckerberg on this one as well. Um, here's an open-ended question for our listening audience. What do you guys think? Uh, we would love to hear from you. Drop us a note on our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, any of that stuff, and yeah. and hopefully it won't be flagged. And and yeah, and uh, and, and one thing to add to that, if 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 you're a fan of literature, and and I kind of am, even though sometimes I don't read really, but uh, the book 1984, and all you gotta do is go. If if you're not fans of 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 reading, you go into YouTube, check out 1984. You could see what we're talking about here. Right, right. It's a big deal, man. It's. You got to be involved. You got to know what's going on in the world and you got to have an opinion, right? People like it when someone has an opinion. It doesn't matter if your opinion agrees with everybody else. Uh, just take a stance, right? It's okay 
to not feel the way everybody else feels. It's okay to feel content with how you feel. And, and you know, and then like all great people, like uh, learn how to debate your position <laughs> and stand for what you believe in. It, uh, it's like I heard on the street. If you're going to dish it, oh wait, if, if you're going to say it, dish it or something like, uh, basically, if, if, if you're going to say something, stand by your convictions. There you go. I dig that. Okay, man. Let's lo- move right along into the real kind of uh, uh, focus of the show here today. Oh, that's right. It is all about text messaging. What, what's, the, uh, what's the C-block quote you got here for us? So uh, this is coming from a uh, array of sources here, but it's saying that um, text messaging is the most effective marketing channel most retailers' brands aren't using. Believe it or not, uh, an article found from Marketplace, average email open rates for retail marketers are just over 18%, but more than 90% of the text messages are opened by recipients, typically within minutes. Even as messages are gained in popularity as a marketing channel, it's still woefully underutilized by majority of retail marketers. Wow, that is uh, some interesting stats there, especially the one about uh, the ninety percent. That is, that is insane, man. Is that that's the actual number? It's ninety. Uh, yeah, it was a study done back in two thousand and six. Uh, or I'm sorry, two thousand sixteen. Uh, when it comes to emails and uh, text messages and their open rates, and opens uh, also equals engagement. Right. So let's uh, let's figure out what this. Let's pull back some layers here. And let's figure out what this can mean for you and your business, right? Um, so the real, the real question is, are you utilizing text messaging in your business? Okay. And, and so if the answer to that question is just flat out, no, I'm not, then your personal ad heroes are here to ask you why. And, uh, you know, the proof is in the pudding right there. If you um, have ever visited a big box store or retail or restaurant, Chances are you've had you've already been introduced to the concept of letting these businesses communicate with you through SMS text message, most likely to provide you with a, an occasional coupon or an update or something to that fact. I literally just got one earlier this afternoon from Bed Bath and Beyond as one example. Um, there's uh, my favorite local pizza shop here in Silicon Valley. I'm opted in to you know, their text message club and they periodically will send me a discount for a large pizza, which I will very regularly take advantage of. <laughs> um, and so you have businesses of different sizes and shapes, two examples right there, taking advantage of the, the interaction or the, or the capabilities of gain right to their customer on their cell phone. Now, we all know that a cell phone is like a set of car keys. You know, and and pretty much every single person in the world now, like if they misplace their phone for five seconds, it's like frantic mode, right? It's like full blown, like stop everything. I can't find my phone. Right. So the stat that you just read, you know, makes a lot of sense that the open rate and the engagement rate would be so high on text messages. And uh, I don't know, man, what do you think about uh, what do you think about that stat? And why don't you share how we kind of saw that opportunity a long time ago here at our company and how we utilize the text messaging. 
Yeah, it's, you know, I was actually kind of blown away by this stat, and it was actually kind of interesting in the article. It was also stating that the uh, people sign up to get text messages, mm. and, uh, you know, just as frequently as they do to get emails. So they opt in, but the retailers just don't utilize the text messages. I mean, I get stuff from AMC theaters every time I'm near an AMC. And, uh, you know, it's, it's attracting me to go to the theater and it gives like special things for it, you know, so I, I like it. Uh, so I'm a fan of it. And you know what? <laughs> we also utilize it here at AdSymbol, do we not? <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. So what, uh, why don't you explain, you know, kind of uh, how we do that here? Because I think the listening audience would be, uh, and this is a real life example. This is what we do at the company. So why don't you say a little bit more about that? Well, you know what? It, uh, in, in this day, I mean, we like to kind of keep it old school in a way, like where like where we would uh, call people who are interested in doing billboard advertising. Uh, but at one point we just decided to text message people because people were not picking up their phones and people by being like, you know, leads. And so we just saw a huge increase in engagement where people act or leads actually came in and, or responded back to us and were more inclined to take a phone call later or just keep it on the text message. And we would guide them through our product, opendisplay.com. So, I like it. I think it's kind of, you know, some people might say it's like evasive if you call these days, which is kind of out of my mind, but whatever. Um, but it makes it even easier for people in sales because it's almost like having a warm email and then going into a warm call after that instead of getting a call from a random number that you have no idea where they're from. And a lot of people don't want to accept that, especially if you got bills to pay. Yeah. You know I, what I mean, yeah, I think the the and and full disclosure, just so everyone's crystal clear, w- our website lets people sign up, and there is an opt-in button that the user can click to get a phone call or a follow-up from us if they're confused about how to utilize uh, the website OpenDisplay.com. So we only reach out to those folks who have opted in, much like the AMC experience and, and some of these other things. And so yeah, the, just the revelation was basically like, hey. We're having a little bit of a hard time sometimes getting through to these people that have given us their phone number and asked for a callback. Why don't we just take a shot and try text messaging them first and kind of warming them up to the fact that we're going to be calling them because they requested that we call them. And when we started doing that, it our numbers of call of engagement and callback went through the roof, as Gino just said. And so, so here's your pro tip on how you can effectively do this. So if you run a small business and you are collecting user signups, and they're providing you with a phone number, then the simple strategy is you also include a checkbox or some sort of mechanism that offers them to receive a callback from you to learn more about your services. Now, when they do that, and you can even clarify that it's either a call or they or you may send a text, you can even clarify that so that they're ready for it. And the text message says something like this, hi, so-and-so, this is Tom, from company X, uh, reaching out to you because I saw you signed up on our website and I wanted to be uh, respectful of your time and figure out the best uh, uh, best way or time that I can give you a call to walk you through our platform. Um, is it okay to send you a text? Now, if you're polite to somebody and you're just being nice in how you do this, you will see nearly a 100% engagement response. Okay, 
because most people, even if they change their mind and they no longer want to call anymore, they will at least politely tell you like, it's all good. I figured it out. I don't need a call back anymore. Right. They'll say that to you. They will. Okay. And then meanwhile, other people will be like, oh, cool. Thanks so much for texting me. Yeah, that's no problem. Let's speak later today at four o'clock. Okay. Now you're not just calling them blind, even though they requested it, a call. Now you're calling them at a defined time that they said to give you a call. And I'm telling you, if you work in sales or marketing, text messaging is a game changer, but you have to write uh, proper English. You have to use proper grammar. You know, don't try to avoid using, uh, you know, a ton of emojis and all this other stuff because you're not talking to a buddy or a friend. You're talking to a potential client. So you want to be respectful in how you're messaging them, but you also want to not abuse it, right? Don't send 10 text messages in a row if they're not engaging with you. That's just being, you know, kind of a jerk. You send one. If they engage, great. If they don't, you can still try to call them. But, I mean, Gino, do you have any other tips on that front? Uh, I think, you know, one text message usually does it. Uh, you know, if you want to follow up the next day with a call, that can help too because at least that they've seen your number and it has helped me out where they've seen the text. They didn't respond right away, but they accepted the call anyway. Um, so just don't be afraid to try new things. And that was the main idea of this uh, uh, article that we pulled up because uh, of COVID-19 and, and people just trying new things and new marketing techniques. So you got to put yourself out there and see what works and what sticks to the wall. Yeah. And again, the biggest thing is be polite. When you try this out, use proper English, use proper grammar. Uh, if they, if they respond great, we've even had some customers straight up say like, Hey, I'm Thank you so much for the text. That's, I really appreciate that. Now that's kind of a shocking response, right? Usually maybe someone would get annoyed. Like, why are you texting me? No, we've had people say, thank you so much for respecting my time and sending me a text. I'm actually really busy right now, but I did want to walk through the app with you. Can we just do it all over text? And that's just freaking awesome. Then we're just straight going through the app walking them through entirely over text message and we've even we've even helped people get all the way to the finish line and launch a campaign entirely (laughs) over text so try it out keep it you know and and give us some feedback let us know how it worked now speaking of trying new things (laughs) and being in the post well i'm going to say we're we're well who knows if we're in the post covid era um, almost almost we're almost yeah the post-COVID yeah era. <laughs> businesses are opening up right yep. uh champion usa yeah let's put america back to work that's right uh so in in regards to that and putting america back to work ad symbols actually going to help you out and there's a new product with ad symbol called ad symbol prime and matthew has got a message for all businesses whether you're small medium or large to hear what we have to say. Yeah, this is going to be one of the rare times that we give a little humble brag about some cool things we're working on. You know, we really like to keep the Ad Hero podcast just all about marketing tips and trends and secrets helping you, the small business owner, out. Uh, we recently launched something called Ad Symbol Prime, and basically, it's a it's a it's an add-on special VIP service that you can register for, and it gives you discounts, early access to new features on our website. But one of the really cool features about it is it gives you professional ad design uh, from our team of graphic designers here at our company for your advertising on digital out-of-home displays everywhere, uh, digital billboards that you would launch through our product, OpenDisplay.com. So 
we just, you know, we're uh, excited to share about that because a lot of people, a lot of small businesses in, in America are looking to get back to work, looking to come out of post-COVID and try new things. And that includes a digital billboard campaign. But they might have um, holdups about the creative process, about the design process. And so we kind of heard that from a number of users and we brought that information internal, had meetings about it, and that was kind of the origin story of how we came up with this concept of AdSymbol Prime because AdSymbol Prime, for a heavily discounted rate, allows us to allocate um, our graphic designers time to each and every one of your campaigns to build an interesting creative that um, has, you know, you get revisions on it until it's perfect and totally speaks, you know, about what you're about, about your business. And so um, it's a massive savings if you're thinking about doing anything. And it's only 119 for the whole year. So it's very aggressively priced to help small businesses get back to work in America and just uh, let's blow it up. So if you want to check it out and learn more, you just go to adsymbol.com slash prime. Again, that's adsymbol.com slash prime. And you'll, you can read more about what, what it has to offer. But we would love to have you join us in that program. Um, and then, of course, uh, launch a campaign ultimately over at opendisplay.com. And we've already had some signups already. Yeah, we already uh, we did a soft launch of the Prime program. And we already had uh, multiple users want to jump in and, and be a part of it. Again, other features and other benefits will be released to Prime members down the road. Um, so we're literally just getting started with that program, but yeah, no, thanks. Thank you, Gino, for bringing that up because, uh, you know, we are very proud and excited about it and hope you guys will take a look at it. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, so we're going to wrap things up here, right here on the ad hero. Take podcast. Us home. Okay. So check us out at adsymbol.com or opendisplay.com to book your own digital billboard campaign. That's right. And make sure to follow us on all of our social media channels. We are at AdSymbol on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, uh, Twitter, Twitter. What else? Uh, YouTube, uh, Google Plus. Is that still a thing? Is that around? I thought they got rid of that. Oh, uh, they might have got rid of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're out there, people. So we want to connect with you. You can also personally reach out to me at Matthew Olivieri, and you can reach the Gino at at GG Ad Hero. Oh, I love that name, man. Maybe I should change mine to at Matthew Ad Hero. You should. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we have too much fun over here. But that's the show, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I'm the Ad Hero, Gino Giovanni. And I'm your other Ad Hero, Matthew Olivieri. And this is the Ad Hero Podcast. Signing out. Want to advertise big and build massive brand authority at the same time? It's easier than you think. Open Display by AdSymbol lets you advertise on digital billboards nationwide. Just go to opendisplay.com for a free account to get started.